Luke chapter number 4. And then if you'd also like to turn to the book of Joel chapter number 2, I will read a portion of scripture from there as well. In Luke 4.16, in Luke 4.16, the Bible says this. And he, speaking of Jesus, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. This has nothing to do with my message, but it sure is a good thing when it's your custom, like Jesus, to go to church on the Lord's day. Can I get a louder amen? Amen. Amen. And he stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I want to draw your attention to that phrase where he said that he had come to preach deliverance to the captives. Joel 2 and 32. The Bible says, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. And it shall... Y'all got to help me preach right now. You ready? I'm going to read that again. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance. It's the will of God. It is the perfect plan of God. And it's going to happen that when you come into Mount Zion and in Jerusalem. And in the New Testament, the type there would be that when you come into the presence of God. When you come into the house of the Lord. There shall be deliverance. As the Lord had said. And in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. If you are here today. I have good news for you. You are in a place where deliverance is. You're not in a place where deliverance was. And you're not in a place where deliverance is coming. But I am preaching to you that you are in a place where deliverance is. We are in the presence of God, in the house of God, and deliverance shall be here. Clap your hands and give him a shout of praise. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated if you're going to help me preach. The rest of you stand up so you'll look like you're helping me preach. So we are now in the Christmas season. We've come through Thanksgiving. We are jumping into Christmas. And at most of your houses, some of you people... Need to be delivered. Some of you probably had Christmas trees up weeks ago. <laughs> Got to see who I'm preaching to decide if I if I feel like it's worth fighting that battle. <laughs> I'm not fighting Sister Carol. 
I love her too much. Now, some of you got, had your Christmas trees up for a long time. You've been getting your decorations out for a long time. Uh, my rule in our house, because I'm the man of my house. <laughs> she stepped out, didn't she? Just checking. We, we usually wait till after Thanksgiving, but after Thanksgiving, it's, it's no holds barred, and, and it's, all, it's all good to go. And, and I love the Christmas season. I enjoy it. I look forward to it all year long. There is just something wonderful in the air when it gets to be Christmas time, and I, I really enjoy that. Even though it's cold, it's my favorite time of the year. And so uh, we watch our kids have a great time with it. And, and however you choose to celebrate Christmas in your house, that's your business. And whatever you do have in it or don't have in it, that's your business. Um, but in our house, you know, we have a tree. And, and we get excited about a, a guy wearing a red suit that's going to come down. And we don't let him take over Jesus. But, but, uh, but we, we do have some of that. And there's some elves around our house right now. And that was the worst thing anybody ever came up with, by the way, uh, for parents. Um, but we've got some elves around our house right now. They, they showed up this morning on Sunday morning. We need to get them to come to church. Maybe we can pray those elves through. But it's a great time of the year. We always enjoy it. And... Um, it's fun to watch our kids celebrate it and get so excited about it. And uh, I think we all need to probably keep our eyes open this year because maybe not everybody's quite as blessed as you are. And maybe there will be an opportunity this Christmas season for us to help somebody and to teach our children, Brother Randall, how it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And that's something we all could stand to do. A little bit of. Can you say amen? amen? But with all the festivity that is going to be happening this time of the year, there's also going to be some despair that will accompany it, no doubt. Uh, billions and billions of dollars are going to be racked up in credit card debt this Christmas season. And by the way, you don't have to go into debt to have a good time at Christmas. The best gift we can give ourselves in our in our loved ones is time together and i would encourage you to make sure you don't lose sight of that in your in your purchasing of presents thousands of fractured families will not have the blessing of being together and there will be millions of hearts that will hurt for a multitude of reasons there will be many who will find themselves in distress there will be many some even in this church, who will put a smile on their face and they'll act like everything is going great when actually for them perhaps because of things that have happened, they dread this time of the year more than any other. They feel loneliest at this holiday season that begins with Thanksgiving and it goes through the new year. For some of them, it will be a first Christmas without a mother or a father or a grandparent, or a child, or a spouse, or some other loved one. They feel loneliest now, and it's hard on them. And to those, if you're in that group and you're in this room, I would say to you today 
that we love you and we're praying for you. We care about you. And I know that in this Christmas season, the everlasting Father will be near to you. If you will call on his name, he's as close as the mention of his name. But distress is not just limited to Christmas. In this year alone, there were hundreds and there were thousands of people that lost their jobs, maybe. Maybe the economy, while it worked for some, it didn't work for others. And it pushed people to the unemployment line through no fault of their own. Maybe graduates entering the workforce found that employment was not real easy to find as they've gone up against maybe more experienced applicants for the same jobs. Maybe your marriage has gone through the ringer. Maybe bills have piled up and stress became a constant companion to many. You need to remember that Jesus said, in the world you shall have tribulation. That is a part of it. As long as we are in this world, we will have tribulation. Now, if you took what I've said up to this point and you walked out, you might leave church today with a gloomy picture. And you might leave church today thinking about it's a pretty rough time. But I have good news for you today. Because I did not come to beat you up. But rather, I came to lift you up. Because it is my extreme pleasure to inform you. That despite every obstacle and in the face of every evil attack that hell has set against you or me. Through every battle of sickness or of pain. In spite of heartbreak and disappointment. Isaiah's words ring as true today as they did the very first day they were spoken. As they have through the centuries and even millennia of time. When he said that in a dark day. I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. If you have been in captivity, I came to preach deliverance to you today. We are a delivered people. We're not just a group of people who once were delivered. And we're not just a group of people that are going to be delivered. But if you are a child of God, I am preaching to you today that you are delivered by the power of the Holy Ghost that is in this room right now. If you've been walking down a lonely path of solitude and it felt like the very walls of your home had become your jail cell, I came this morning to kick down the door that the devil tried to use to barricade you in. I know that maybe it has not been easy. I know that there's been a lot of tears that have been shed. But this morning I have good tidings of comfort and joy. Because Jesus rules and Jesus reigns. And he is here and he is able. And it's not too much for God. Psalm 18 and 2 says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength in whom I will trust. My buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I want to point out to you, I'm going to point a couple of things out about that scripture. In the very first uh, portion of that passage, he said, the Lord, I'm going to go back to that. But he said, the Lord is three things, my rock. He's my fortress 
And he is my deliverer. When he is my rock, that means I'm on a foundation that cannot be shaken. That means the world all around me can be sinking sand. But on Christ, the solid rock, I stand. When I need a shelter, when I need a friend, I go to the rock. Why do you go to a rock? Because that rock cannot be moved. Everything else can be shaken. Everything else can be moved. But the rock who is Christ Jesus, it will not move. And I'm thankful for a sure foundation. He is my fortress. That means not only is he a rock I can stand on, but he has put walls all around me. There is a hedge round about me. The devil told the Lord whenever he came uh, on that day when the sons of God were meeting together. The Lord said, have you considered my servant Job? He's an upright man. He's a just man. There's nobody like him. And the devil said, yeah, I know who Job is. But the reason he's like that is because you put a hedge around about him. And nobody can touch him. And nobody can mess with him. Because you put a wall around him. Now, I know that God removed that so the devil could test Job. And God could have the testimony of what a great saint Job was. And we could be encouraged to live for him today. I get that. But what you need to understand is this. That there was a hedge round about him. The devil did not have access to him. The devil could not just go have his way with him. And I don't know what you're going through today. But let me tell you right now. It's not because the devil's wreaking havoc in your life. And it's not because the devil's just going to have his way with you. If you're going through something. It's because God is some way somehow allowed it to happen but I want you to know there's a fortress around you my God is not only a rock but he is a fortress and no matter what's going on outside of me I can always run into that safe place I can go into that shelter I can go into that tower the name of the Lord is a strong tower the righteous run into it and then he said he is my Deliverer. He is my deliverer. He's a rock I stand on. He's a hedge round about me. But he's my deliverer. And when things come against me, it is God who delivers me from or out of them. It is God who is my deliverer. When you look at that verse and you read where it says the Lord. And you see the Lord is in all capital letters. That's because it is a compound name of God. And if you take that back to the Hebrew, you will find that the word being used here is Jehovah Mephaltai. It means the Lord my deliverer. And so that's what I'm preaching about today. God is our deliverer who has all power. David wrote in Psalm 32 and 7, Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. David was saying to the Lord that when life gets to be overwhelming and a little too much, when there's a feeling that comes over me that I've got more than I can handle, I know that I can go to you and that you will be my hiding place. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes I just need God to hide me for a little while. Sometimes I just need the Lord to put me in that safe place. Uh, when I was a kid, we had a home in 
Santa Fe, Texas, and had two bedrooms in that home. My parents' room was at one end of the house, and mine was at the other end of the house. And for a kid, that's a recipe for disaster. Every once in a while, I would just imagine that I could hear something, or I would imagine that I could see something. And as a little boy, I would crawl under the blankets because it just kind of felt like those blankets could keep me from whatever was outside. As long as I, they might see me, but if I couldn't see them, I was okay, you know. So I'd crawl under those blankets and those blankets would become my hiding place. I would imagine that there was nothing that could get to me if I was in my hiding place. And uh, that's what I'm preaching to you today. The Lord is a hiding place for you. There is nothing that can destroy you. There is nothing that can get to you if you will go into the hiding place of God. The man that we bought our house in, in Hot Springs from had a shop on that property. He told me when I bought that house, he said, this is my hiding place from my wife. None of y'all have those. It's where he went to get away from it all. I don't know about you, but I'm with the, I'm with the psalmist David. And sometimes I've just got to be hidden away in the arms of the Lord. And when I do go to him, I remember that it's not me depending on me to preserve me from trouble. If I'm doing the best I can, if I'm being faithful to the house of God, if I'm faithful with my tithe and offering, if I'm faithful in my consecration, if I'm doing my best to make good decisions that will bless my family, then I can stand on the promise that God will preserve me in the time of trouble. It may not look good and it may not even be good, but God is good. Somebody help me right there. I said it may not look good and it may not be good, but God is good and God will keep me and God will keep you. He'll keep us safe. Salt preserves. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it has a preserving factor in it. And so they we used to take meat and before they had ice uh, boxes and before they had, oh, that sound, makes me sound old and I'm not even old. They had ice boxes. What, freezers, that's what I was looking for. For they had freezers and all of that. Old ice boxes. They would take that and they would, uh, they would take the meat and they would uh, coat it with salt and they would hang it outside because that salt would preserve it. It keeps whatever has been, been salted from being ruined, from decaying or stinking due to the elements that surrounds it. And I want to thank God today that He has salted my life. Yeah, I may be exposed to some things. My family may be exposed to some things. My kids might be exposed to some things. But I just believe that God has preserved us and God is going to keep us. Somebody said, how are we going to keep our kids living for God in this day and age? Folks, we are being pushed very strongly into liberalism in our country right now. And yeah, I will preach about it and say some things about it. I'm not talking about fiscal liberalism. I'm talking about a social agenda that is out there and, and telling us this is what all we have to, uh, we have to accept. And, and all, these, all our politicians got problems. And if you go listen to any of them, they've all got problems. But I'm going to tell you right now, uh, I'm, just because they got uh, problems on, on some things, I, that doesn't mean I'm going to promote anybody who believes it's okay to kill a baby. 
in the womb or out of the womb. And now we've got them going so far, they're saying even if they come out the womb, we can still kill them if the mom wants to go ahead and do that. That used to would have been something that people would have said, there's no way that would ever happen, but that's what we're dealing with. They're, they're selling body parts, and I don't want to be gross, but they're selling body parts of aborted children, and, and they're laughing about it, and, and it's on video, but all, they, all, all the politicians want to do is get upset at the people who made the video about it instead of saying, we got some problems we need to deal with. No, I'm not going to promote that. No, I will not vote for that. I'm not going to vote for somebody that says it's okay for my kid to go in a bathroom and someone of the opposite gender go in there with them because they choose to identify that way. That is sick. That's gross. That is immorality. That is sexual deviance and it's not right and I'm still going to lift my voice and preach against it I get worried I don't know about y'all but I get worried too we, with public school system some of the stuff coming down the pike there bothers me and I don't agree with all of it and somebody said, how are you going to keep your kids from all of that? I don't know what we'll do in the future, but I will tell you this. I do believe that God is able. I do believe that God is a deliverer. I do believe that God has all power. If he can keep this word just like it is for thousands and thousands of years, if it can survive the millennia and come to us unadulterated and true and pure, then I believe that God can keep my kids. I believe that God can keep my wife. I believe that God can keep this church when everything's coming against us. I believe there's going to be people who say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and He alone will we serve. He is preserving us. Not only that, the Bible said God will sing around us songs of deliverance. When you were a baby, your mother, your grandmother, your parent, your father, somebody, when you would get scared, would begin to sing to you something called a lullaby. And a lullaby is a song that is sang to make you feel secure and at peace, so much so that you'll actually fall asleep in their arms. They hold you in their arms and sing to you. And I remember a scripture that said, The eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. While he is holding you and while he is being your refuge, David said that he would compass you about with songs of deliverance. About the time things look bleak, I, I, it never fails. God, about the time my mind starts going 100 miles an hour and I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do about a situation and I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to handle something. About the time it's all weighing me down, God will drop a song in my spirit. And I'll be somewhere and all of a sudden a song will come to me. And I'll start singing, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. I'll start singing about every time I turn around, he's making a way. Every time I turn around, he's making a way for me. I'll sing the enemy's been defeated. 
Death couldn't hold you down. I'm going to lift my voice in victory. I'm going to make my praises loud. I'll sing, I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. What's going on? The Lord is singing around about me songs of deliverance. It's God singing a lullaby to me in the middle of my confusion, in the middle of my grief, in the middle of bitterness. Something starts happening inside of me. Something starts happening inside of me. And all those feelings that are not of God begin to be dispelled as he sings songs of deliverance over me. And I know when it happens to you or me, I know that it's got to confuse the devil. Because there we are supposed to be in distress. But in the middle of our distress, we begin to worship and praise God. Devil, I know how you want me to look at this. Devil, I know how you hoped this would uh, get me perceiving things. But if I look at it the way you want me to, I'll lose my victory. But devil, I'm not giving you the power to control how I look at all of the things I'm going through. But the Bible said that he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. If I, start, if I start putting my mind on everything the devil wants me to put it on, I'm going to lose my mind. But if I'll keep my mind stayed on Jesus. There was an old gospel song we used to sing. said, I woke up this morning with my mind. And it was stayed on Jesus. I don't know about you, but I got up on a Sunday morning in December today. And I woke up with my mind stayed on Jesus. No, everything's not right. No, everything's not perfect. Yeah, we've got problems. Yeah, we've got things to deal with. Yeah, there's some issues. But Lord, I woke up today with my mind stayed on you. I got up today knowing that no matter what came, no matter what happened, if I'd keep my mind on him, he would keep me in perfect peace. And he shall, the Bible said, he shall thrust out the enemy from before you and shall say, destroy them. Not only is he going to allow when you keep your mind stayed on him, not only is he going to push the enemy out from before you, but then God's getting ready to turn around. I need a sword somewhere. Drumstick's going to have to do today. I didn't bring any of my props with me. He said, I'll put the sword in your hand, and then I'm going to say to you, destroy them. And this morning, I'm going to tell you what God's getting ready to do. God's getting ready to put a sword in your hand. And God's getting ready to tell you it's time for you to destroy the enemy that's been bothering you. I'm going to push them out from before you. I'm putting the sword in your hand. And you're getting ready to destroy them by the power of the Lord. By the power of the Lord. I want to tell you, I preached it a while back, but I say it again. There is nothing that our God cannot do. There is nothing that our God cannot do. Somebody 
can, and I'm going to just go ahead and say somebody will leave here healed today. Somebody will leave here delivered today. For somebody that walked in and you're bound by nicotine or you're bound by alcohol or you're bound by prescription drug or you're bound by... Well, there we go. Thank you. That's what I needed right there. Ask and ye shall receive. Y'all just get ready. Somebody's getting ready to be delivered. That addiction that's had you bound, God's getting ready to push it out. He's going to put the sword in your hand. He's going to say, it's time. You fought this long enough. You've been battling this long enough. And I'm ready to see you put, run it through with a sword and put that sword through whatever's been ailing you and giving you problems. And I prophesy that right now in the name of Jesus, that there is deliverance in this room. There is deliverance in this room. It is here. It is here. It is here. You can be set free by the power of the Holy Ghost. And don't be one of those people. Don't be one of those people always looking for a reason to to argue about something. Those people bug me as a pastor. I just went from preaching to meddling. Did y'all feel it? (laughs) Did you feel it? Just went, whew. We just took a real quick detour right there. There are some people you can't encourage. Y'all listen to me right now. I'm, I'm going to help you. There are some people that don't want to be encouraged. There are some people that refuse to be encouraged. You look at them and you say, but let me tell you what they tell you what's wrong. And you say, well, let me tell you what God said. And you start telling them what God said. And then they say, but. There's some things I'd say about that. But somebody preached a message about that word one time, but. I won't preach it. Y'all won't, y'all won't appreciate it. But y'all can understand where I'm going. <laughs> Some people, you try to tell them God's powerful. Yeah, but the devil's got a whole lot of stuff he's been doing. You try to tell some people God's able to, to fix this or God's able to bring healing to that. And they say, yeah, but I don't know if it's ever been like this before. Let me just tell you, you need to get rid of that spirit. That's a negative spirit. That's a negative spirit. That's an evil report. And somebody needs to rise up like Joshua and Caleb and say, I don't care how bad it looks. I still know how great my God is. Come on, somebody. Help me preach right now. Help me preach right now. I don't care how bad it is. God's going to put the sword in your hand and you can be victorious. Shout and give him a praise this morning. If you have that attitude, well, yeah, but the Bible doesn't really say anything exact about what I'm going through. Then let me remind you of what Isaiah said. The Lord spoke through the prophet Isaiah to say this. Isaiah 43, 19. Behold. I'm going to wait for him to put that on the screen. I want you to see it. God can't do it. This can't be fixed. This can't be handled. Well, then you don't need to read this scripture. Behold, I will do a. Behold, I will do a. I'm going to do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. And shall you not know it? I'll even make God said, let me tell you what I'm able to do. I can even make a way in the wilderness. And if I need to, I'll put rivers in the desert. He is able to do whatever he needs to do. There's a reason. 
The Bible doesn't get specific about everything. If the Bible got specific about every single consecration, then we'd be Pharisees. I'm going to help you all this. I'm preaching good right now. Well, the Bible doesn't say this. Well, okay, but common sense tells us that there's a principle in the Bible that we need to follow. And if you get to where, well, the Bible has to say, you know, thou shalt not snort cocaine. And if, <laughs> if, if the Bible doesn't say thou shalt not snort cocaine, then it must be okay. You're an idiot. Yeah, y'all pray for me this morning. <laughs> That's ignorance. That defiles the temple of the Holy Ghost. That destroys this body. That's not right. And it is a sin. If you get to looking for God to say every little thing, then you're going to have a problem. You become a Pharisee. And you try to keep the law. But he said, I'm going to give you a greater law. And it's called grace. And I give you principles to live by. And if you'll obey the principle, you're going to be okay. There's a reason God's not specific about everything. There's a reason He doesn't give us all the stuff to do because He expects the Holy Ghost to help us. There's a reason He doesn't say what all He'll deliver us from because there'd be some people that say, well, the Bible didn't say He'd deliver me from this. But I'm going to tell you today, He didn't need to say what He'd deliver you from. All He needed to say was that He is a God of deliverance and He has it for you and He has it for me. The Bible said that there was above 500 that saw Jesus ascend into heaven. It says there were about 120 gathered in the upper room. It was never specific. The reason God did that is because there's some people that would think you'd have to have exactly 500 to get something going or exactly 120 in order for somebody to receive the Holy Ghost. But there's, you can read in the scripture where 120 got it. You can read where 3,000 got it. You can read where a household got it. You can read where several disciples of John the Baptist got it. So if God can pour out the Holy Ghost in whatever kind of situation He wants to, then surely He can do a new thing in you and it'll spring forth. I'm saying, don't limit God. Don't limit God. It doesn't have to be next year before you get delivered. It doesn't have to be next week before you quit smoking or drinking or lying or deceiving. It can happen today. It can happen today. There's a second touch spirit in this room today. Elijah ran from Jezebel after he had been on Mount Carmel. And he, he prayed down fire from heaven. And... Uh, then he prayed rain down out of the heavens coming off a three-year drought. And Baal was revealed as a fraud. Jehovah is exalted as the true God. And then Jezebel sends a message to him. She said, let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you, Elijah. And uh, it's a shame that a man coming off such victory would be influenced by such a negative word from somebody who don't even serve God. It's a shame when we walk out of a church service like we're in today and we get one negative word and it ruins everything that God's been trying to do in this service. Are we doing all right today? That's not the will of God. 
When you walk out of here today, I don't care what gets said. I don't care what gets texted. I don't care what gets posted. I don't care who gets called. I'm telling you, when you walk out of here today, you need to hold on to what God has done and hold on to what God has said. Elijah runs out into that old uh, wilderness and he's upset because Jezebel said she's going to kill him. God just answered by fire. God just sent the rain. And he thinks Jezebel's going to kill him. He goes out, he lays down under a tree, and he said, God, kill me now. God said, hush your mouth. I'm not through with you. I've got more things for you to do. There's a school of the prophets that need you, Elijah. There's an Elisha that needs you, Elijah. You're not done yet, Elijah. You're going to get back up and you're going to go. And he sent an angel to him. And I told you the ministry of the angelic is here today. He sent an angel to him. That angel brought him bread. The angel brought him food. And he gave it to him to eat. And then he touched him. He said, go to sleep. And he got a little rest. Then he woke back up and he ate again. And he went back to sleep. And then the Bible said he went off the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights. What was going on? He got a second touch from God. He was in a low place. He was at a low point. But he got a second touch from God. And I want to tell you today, God's getting ready to give somebody in here a second touch. God's getting ready to deliver you from whatever the enemy said. The devil is a liar and he's the father of it. Don't you fall for the lie. Don't you fall for the lie. Stop talking defeated, Elijah. Quit acting defeated, Elijah. Quit thinking that you can't overcome that thing, Elijah. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And I'm getting so worked up right now. Y'all aren't near as excited about it as I am. That's okay. I'm going to preach anyway. I'm getting so worked up right now. I feel like chunking this coat off, ripping my towel. That's as far as I'll go, okay? (laughs) Don't want to scare nobody. I'm I'm so worked up right now. I feel like kicking the devil in the teeth and saying, Devil, your lies don't hold any water around here. We don't care what the devil said. We don't care what the devil's been telling anybody. We don't care what the doctor's report said. We don't care how bad it looks. I'm here to tell you today, God is here to deliver you. God is here to deliver you. I'm preaching deliverance. And there's two kinds of deliverance we're going to see. The Bible said in Psalm 107, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, and it's what prompted this again. The Bible said in Psalm 107, 23, They that go down to the sea in ships, that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep. For He commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven. They go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble and He bringeth them out. Everybody say out. He bringeth them out of their distresses. He makes the storm a calm so that the waves thereof are still. There is deliverance here today for somebody that is in a storm that you cannot handle. And the waves go up and the waves come down. It's a stormy wind that that you reel to and fro. You stagger like a drunken man. You are at your wit's end. But I am preaching to you today that God is going to deliver you out of your distress. He's going to bring you out 
of that problem you have been in. You've been surrounded by distress for a length of time. God allowed it, but today, get ready, because he sent me to tell you he's going to bring you out of it. God's going to bring somebody out of something today. And the other deliverance is in Isaiah 25 and 4. For thou hast been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy, in, somebody say in, in his distress. You've been a refuge from the storm, a shadow from the heat when the blast of the terrible ones is as a storm against the wall. For some of you today, God's not maybe going to take you out of the situation, but he is going to deliver you in that situation. He's going to come in and when all of life's hurts are doing their best to tear you apart. God is going to shelter you in your distress. God's going to come deliver you in the thing. That's what he did with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. King said, bow down and worship my statue. Brother Bill, come help us today. Bow down and worship my statue. And uh, that's what you're going to have to do if you want to live. Everybody else that was a leader in that kingdom knelt before that statue. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said we can't do it. And they stuck out like a sore thumb as they stood whenever the king gave that commandment. And uh, then... Somebody brought that attention to the king and he told him, he said, is it true you didn't bow? And they said, it's true, king. And he said, well, I'm going to give you one more opportunity. I'm going to play the music. And they said, uh, he said, then you better bow. It's going to be to the furnace with you. And they said, king, we're not even careful to answer you in this. I'm just going to go ahead and tell it to you. King, our God is able to deliver us out of the furnace. But if our God, who's able to deliver us out of it, chooses not to, we're still not going to fall down and worship your statue. Let God be God. We'll do whatever he says. They played the music. They stood tall. Heat the fire seven times hotter. They take them. They throw them in. So hot that the guards who threw them in were killed from the heat. And yet the king looked and he said, why do I see? We threw three in. Why do I see four walking around? I'm going to tell you why you see four, Mr. King. Because one of those is the theophany of our God. And he may not have delivered them out of it. But he sure delivered them in it. And he was with them. And you may be walking through the fire today. But I'm going to tell you, God is able to deliver you in the fire. So if you're here today and you need to be delivered, today is your day. Somebody needs to hear what I'm saying. Today is your day. If you've been battling an addiction, I believe that today is your day. If you've been battling some things coming against you in your mind, I believe today is your day. I remember another song we sang when I was a kid. I'm sorry I preached so long. I remember another song we sang when I was a kid. It'd go like this, Brother Bill. Maybe you can help me a little bit. I've been delivered. I've been delivered. 
Well, the hold the devil had on me, he ain't got no more. I've been delivered. I've been delivered. I've been delivered by the hand of the Lord. Anybody remember that? I've been delivered. Choir practice. Well, the hold the devil had on me, he ain't got no more. I've been delivered. I've been delivered. I've been delivered by the hand of the Lord. And somebody's going to walk out of here today singing, I've been delivered. I've been delivered. Somebody's going to say, the hold the devil had on me. He ain't got no more. <coughs> because there is deliverance. Not just back there. And not just up ahead. But it's here. And if you're a child of God, you are delivered. The question is whether or not you're going to walk in your deliverance. And that's what I'm preaching today. You have an option. You have the ability to walk in your deliverance. You are delivered. What are you going to do with it? If there's somebody that needs the Holy Ghost here today and you desire the Holy Ghost, I feel led to tell you right now, you, when I open these altars, you need to come up here and get my attention and we're going to pray for you and you're going to receive the Holy Ghost if you want it. If you want it. I'm not, listen, listen, I hope this won't offend anybody. Listen, I don't want to offend you. So understand what I'm saying. But you know this pastor believes in the power of a demonstration where we walk by faith, right? So if you want the Holy Ghost, I'm not coming to you. You come here. You come to Him. If you want the Holy Ghost, you come to the front today. Get my attention. We're going to pray. God's going to give you the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus, God's going to give you the Holy Ghost. If you need deliverance from something, you want it, you need to come today. Don't wait for somebody to come to you. Don't wait for somebody to drag you. You need to own it right now and say, I'm going to the front because I want my deliverance today. And when I leave, I plan on having it. Let's stand together right now. I want us to lift our voices and hands toward heaven. In the name of Jesus, God, your presence is in this room in a mighty way. God, you are in this house today to do great things. God, you're in this house today to put a sword in somebody's hand. And they're getting ready to destroy what's been plaguing them. In the name of Jesus, we believe it. In the name of Jesus, we receive it. Hallelujah.